ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday, September 16th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We'll open up the text line for you this hour. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Our phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. We've got high school football to get into later on this evening. We're going to check in with several of our Kendrick Communication broadcast crews as we've got a full slate tonight. Cabell Midland is at South Charleston. Huntington High is at George Washington. And Hurricane taking on Spring Valley. So looking forward to talking to all the guys that are calling the games tonight. So that's coming up later tonight. We've got to talk about the the big story of the day. Of course, Marshall is taking on Bowling Green tomorrow. We're going to have that game for you. We go on the air live from Roosters at 2 o'clock here on ESPN. 94.1 and AM 930 and 93.7 The Dog. But earlier this morning, I found out that... uh, Offensive line coach Eddie Morrissey turned in his resignation. And so uh, I got it confirmed, and later on Marshall released a statement from football coach Charles Huff that read that offensive line coach Eddie Morrissey has resigned for personal reasons. Marshall University Athletics wishes Eddie and his family the best. So interesting that that's happening now whatever the personal reason is, uh, we'll respect privacy, of course, and and which coach the best as um, whatever the issue is or whatever the reason is that um, he is um, he's taking care of that. So uh, it's, uh, it, it's disappointing only from the fact that I thought that the offensive line looked good, that he was having some success there, and Marshall comes off a big win against Notre Dame. So you know, that's the only disappointing thing is you, know, you would like to see him be able to enjoy that success further. That's what I mean by you know, it's disappointing. But you know, a lot of speculation going on. I'm not really going to get into all of that speculation. And I've seen some theories and I've seen some things out there. You know, people wondering, uh oh, is this going to be a distraction for the team? Uh oh, is you know, there's some turmoil with Marshall University athletics. Really, I think the statement is statement says it right there. You know, coach resigned for personal reasons. I mean, I've I've had people that I have known in sports for years recently come up during the season and just say. You know what? It's not fun anymore. I'm taking time off or I'm leaving. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm kind of burned out or, you know, it's it's no longer fun. I'm doing this more than I'm living. You know, it whatever the, the issue is. So I don't think there's ever a, a, a perfect time. You don't ask someone, hey, can you get through the season? Can, can you handle – can you just – I, whatever your issue is, can you just can you get through the season? Some people might say, "Yeah, I, I can do it," or, you know, I'm gonna after this, I'm done. I mean, so I'll leave the speculation. I've had some people ask me today, "Hey, you know, what have you heard?" And honestly, I've heard a few things, but again, to be fair and to not speculate too much, yeah, I I accept the statement from head football coach Charles Huff. That he's resigned for personal reasons. And we wish him the best. I'm with Coach. We wish him the best and hope that um, he has um, whatever those issues are, whatever those reasons are, personal reasons. Not to imply that there's an issue, but whatever those reasons are, that you know, he 
he's able to allocate the time and energy to them. So we wish him, uh, we wish him and his family the best to echo the sentiments of Charles Huff. But of course, you've got the backdrop of the game tomorrow. You have the possibility of Marshall going into a place where Marshall has not had much success and you come off a big win against Notre Dame, and there's always that, is there going to be a drop-off? Is there going to be a letdown? Is this a trap game? I've heard all of that. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out how well this team handles those potential distractions, those potential landmines, those potential expectations we're going to find all about this team tomorrow because Bowling Green would love nothing more than to knock off Marshall which just knocked off Notre Dame and there's a lot of national attention now on the thundering herd not just Marshall but the Sun Belt there's a lot of attention on the Sun Belt game day is going to be in Boone North Carolina how cool is that Absolutely cool to see game day in Boone, North Carolina. Now, if you're a Marshall fan, and I was asked this yesterday, I spent a few minutes uh, talking to uh, the guys from the Fun Belt podcast. I jumped on their podcast yesterday, and if you follow me on Twitter, at Paul Swan, I got the link right there. I retweeted the guys, and it was fun yesterday to, to be on that podcast. And I was asked, hey, you know, as a Marshall guy, as the Marshall side, are you mad? It's cool, but are you mad? Wait, no, I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad about game day going to Boone. I mean, just the schedule works out perfect. Marshall's going to Bowling Green. Game day needed to go somewhere. Hey, here's Boone, North Carolina. Great spot. Sunbelt football. It's kind of the thing right now. Let's do it. So I'm not mad at all. I think it's cool. I'd like to see game day come to Huntington, but... Could Marshall, Appalachian State be a good enough reason? Could both teams be undefeated in Sunbelt play when that scheduled game comes up? That's a that's a that's a possibility. That's an interesting possibility. And hopefully that game is big and gets a lot of attention. And Marshall's getting a lot of attention. Back-to-back games on NFL Network. We'll have those games for you right here, though, on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 because I know a lot of people don't have an NFL Network. Sort of like yesterday, not everybody has Prime. I was able to watch that. I have Prime, so I was able to watch that, and it was it was fine. It was a good presentation. The video wasn't that – it was choppy. Just that's the, I'm talking about the – quality of the stream and I've saw others have that problem as well so I don't think it was just a an issue with with my stream but I've saw others have issues with just it kind of felt choppy but other than that I thought I thought it looked well I thought the broadcast was solid it was uh, it was a solid broadcast I just don't know how many people you know outside of maybe a small circle of people I know that might have Amazon Prime were able to watch that or knew how to watch that I'm sure there's a lot of people who have Amazon have no idea that they can, they can watch video, and it was on the website. And if you get a, you have an Amazon device, you have a way to watch it. But we had that game for you, and we'll have all the Thursday night games right here on ESPN ninety four point one 
and AM 930. So our big story today, Marshall football offensive line coach Eddie Morrissey resigning for personal reasons. Marshall taking on Bowling Green tomorrow. We'll have the game. Uh, There's another big game going on tonight. Number seven in soccer, men's soccer. Marshall is at number six, Kentucky. Sunbelt showdown. Top ten teams going at it. Marshall, 4-1-0. 4-1-0. And that one loss, there's a lot of factors there. And I think the Thundering Herd has shown that it is capable of being a top ten team. And so this game's in Lexington tonight. I'm sure a lot of you are on your way. If you're listening, you're streaming the show right now. If you're in your car trying to make your way down to Lexington to see this one, uh, it's uh, scheduled for a 7.30 kick. Looking forward to that one, hopefully. The Herd can beat UK, get the Sun Belt win, and more importantly, get that win over a top-ranked opponent in the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, other games that are going on for the Thundering Herd and different variations of sports, uh, fall ball, baseball, Marshall taking on West Virginia, and that's getting underway about 5.30, and then at 6 o'clock it's going to be Marshall at Furman for volleyball. So good luck to uh, Jeff Wagner squad and Ari Agnesson, of course, Chris Grassy. Good luck to everyone tonight. Let's talk high school football when we continue. We'll get your we'll get your text in as well. Don't don't think we haven't turned that off. We'll get your text in as well. It's 304-396-talk 304-396-8255. We're talking high school football. We're going to talk Spring Valley. We're going to talk Huntington. We're going to talk Cabell Midland. I believe we got Matt Perry lined up first. He'll have the game of Hurricane and Spring Valley on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. We'll talk to him first when we come back from break. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We continue on with your Friday, September 16th edition, your drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line continues to be 304-396-8255, The high school football Friday night as well. Herds on Saturday, but high school taking the stage tonight. Got a couple of undefeated teams going at it. Hurricane, Spring Valley, and that game's going to be on 92-7 and 98-5. The Planet, Matt Perry and Mike Myers will have the call, and Matt's with us. It's been a couple weeks, Matt. It feels like, uh, it feels like it's been an eternity since Spring Valley played football. Yeah, a, a very unwanted, uh, just for myself and the, the radio crew, unwanted early week uh, early week off. We tend to like those a little later in the season. Uh, I don't know what Spring Valley would think about that off week, though, because of their second half, half performance against Portsmouth a few weeks ago. Uh, Spring Valley played a fantastic first half and then let the Spartans right back into it. And uh, it took a last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter for Spring Valley to set that final score and uh, scrape by being 2-0. and no pressure for Spring Valley, used to being in big games, but 
Still, tonight's a big one, Hurricane and Spring Valley. Uh, a lot of people are saying this might be the best game in the area, at least the best game in the state of West Virginia between these yep. two. Uh, it's early. It's early in the season, but we're already talking about Hurricane and Spring Valley as uh, teams to watch come postseason. Well, I mean, both uh, both teams have proven that they are teams to look at, uh, even though, as you said, it's uh, week four in West Virginia here. You have two undefeated teams. Hurricane has a very a, a quality win last week against GW. Spring Valley already has what we would call a quality win over Huntington. And so these are two of the top teams based on who they've beaten and who they've played. So far, they're the top, two top teams in this part of the state. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what Hurricane brings to the table. Uh, they focus a lot. Looking at their stats, I've noticed that they average almost 150 yards a game on the ground. And so Spring Valley is going to have to be cognizant of that. But they're also well-balanced. I mean, as always, it is not just the running game that they need to focus on with the Redskins. Uh, they have a good quarterback uh, that, that can throw it. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Spring Valley prepares for such a vaunted running rushing attack, but at the same time doesn't sell out and uh, get beat over the top. Talk about that running game a little bit more. Who stands out for Hurricane? Uh, it seems like it's a myriad of of rushers. Uh, their leading rusher, as I said, he averages about 150 yards per game. Uh, quarterback will also keep it as well. Uh, you put me on the spot. I've got my notes out, but I can't remember the young man's last name, so I apologize. You know, you know, I'm I'm going to ask you these questions, right? We, we we went over this in production meeting, right? You you knew that. Hey, you, you know, you knew and I'm, I'm I'm open about it when I make a mistake. I have my notes, uh, but I am I am hey I am currently uh, who's wait, <laughs> who's yelling at you? Who's saying hi to you? I want to know. Uh, Mike Myers' family is waving hi to me as I'm awaiting my ride to the stadium. So that's why I'm a little uh, when it comes to uh, Hurricanes players' last names, I'm a little unprepared, and I apologize, Paul. That's okay. You'll you'll learn your mistake next week, and you'll have um, you'll have a whole you'll have your notes right there, ready to go. I will. I will not leave them in my briefcase, which is far away from me right now. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair enough. You, you know what you could do? You could like just type that up like on a one sheet. You know, I guess I'm too old school. I, you know, I just had it all printed at nice and handwritten out. But you know, that's fine. But regard, yeah, you, you could have that. You could just. Um, be, be I don't I don't I don't want to say be better prepared for the show, Matt. I think you you do a fantastic job, but I mean I mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like you're uh, you're taking me for granted here, man. I don't no, know. I own it. I own it. I could have you know tried to skirt around it, but I own it. Okay. Um, but you know Spring Valley tonight, getting back into the ball game, uh, very concerning if you're a fan. Uh, the second half against Portsmouth, and so I think a lot of people are anxious. The people that I've been, uh, you know, it, when you when you call the games for the team, everybody you see when you go to the gas station or something's like, well, how are they going to do against Hurricane tonight? And you know, I never try. I actually make it a point to never give predictions <laughs> because uh, you know I, I just never. I'm like, oh well, they got to do this and they'll do well. And so my response all week has been, they cannot have a second half like they had. They can't have a half like they did against Portsmouth period, whether it's the first or second half. Um, they need to finish their drives instead of stalling. Uh, they stalled right outside of the red zone a, a couple of key times in uh, in the game a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the, Fouch, even though he's been great, he needs to be more accurate. In the second half last week, or two weeks ago, excuse me, uh, overthrew a couple of receivers, and I honestly feel that those mistakes uh, would hurt them greatly against this Hurricane team. A very well-coached and uh, fundamentally sound team that just absolutely 
blew the doors off of an early season undefeated GW last week. That was probably the game of the week last week as far as we were concerned in the Tri-State. This week yep. it is Hurricane and Spring Valley, and of course we're going to have that game for you on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5, the planet. With all of this worry about the off week, maybe a little rust, how did the coaching staff maybe use this time to focus on the kids, focus on not overdoing it? You you get a couple of weeks, great, but were the time in between that game and now, were they using that time to maybe ease up a little bit, work on work on themselves, yeah. fundamentals, then game prep? How how'd they go about this off time? The best way that I can equate from my from my from looking in, I, obviously I'm not in the program. I just follow it. But it's very much as what I have been reading from Charles Huff this week. It's very much like, all right, we won the game. We're going to keep doing our thing. We're going to keep preparing the way that we always prepare, and it's the next team up mentality type of thing. I know that uh, if I were a coach right now, I would be worried just because of the attention being brought to this team and this game because this morning they had a pep rally at 545 in the morning in the Spring Valley High School cafeteria that WSAZ was live broadcasting. And so just simply as a coach, that would make me worried that we had cheerleaders, dance team members, football players, and students all gathering two hours before school's supposed to start. That would just, as a coach, that would give me an ulcer. I don't know about you, but at 545 in the morning, I am not peppy for anybody. There's, there is absolutely no way as a student, if you, 20 years ago, if you told me, hey, show up for a pep rally at 530 in the morning, I'd just, I'd just give you the big old nope. Not happening. Okay. Not even 545, 530. I got, maybe I got my time right. 5:30 pep rally. Uh, I think they had to be, I was looking on Facebook. They had to be there at 545 for the six o'clock news or something. Okay. Along oh, okay. Okay. You know, um, yeah. they have newscasts at, at, at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., noon. Man, one, you're preaching to the choir. Two, they could have like got them out of four, first period around 8 o'clock. Five. Yeah, I mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, all I know is um, days of our lives going to Peacock now, so, you know, they have more time for for more newscasts. <laughs> like I said, no judgment. Any 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 media attention that you could get for your program is great, but as if I were a coach, that would give me ulcers. So, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. What takes place tonight? Because the entire state's watching it. Um, it's going to be the Metro News Game of the Week. It is obviously going to be a big time event. It's being streamed on video productions. It, it, you know, it's the it's the heavyweight bout tonight. Aren't they all though? Mountain State Athletic Conference. Aren't they almost all, with a couple of exceptions, heavyweight bouts? Yeah, with a couple of exceptions, yes. Um, and so that's what makes our job pretty fun. Because every week there is a new, there's a wrinkle or, okay, how, there's very few times where I go to a game knowing the outcome. And that's really fun as a person that covers football. You know, a lot of times you show up to a game, you're like, man, I know what's going to happen tonight. And you, you try to think of things to fill the air with. In the Mountain State Athletic Conference, like you said, with a few exceptions, you really don't know what to expect when you go to a, the ball field. Matt Perry's with us tonight. He'll be alongside Mike Myers. They'll have the call on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Uh, kickoff is set for 7.30, so it should be a fun one tonight. And hopefully Spring Valley can continue on. If not, uh, Hurricane is uh, definitely going to get a lot of points off the Timberwolves. Uh, I'm just worried. Hopefully fatigue hasn't set in for uh, being there at the 5.30 a.m. pep rally. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not um, 
if if anybody wants to have a media event at five thirty a.m., I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I understand. Hey, and you know this is two this is two teams in the Drive Power Five, man. I mean, that is so cool. We've already had so many matchups in the Drive Power Five. Um, you know, next man up mentality again. GW gets blasted out of the top five, but Hurricane enters, and we got number one. Uh, trying to hold her crown tonight, and uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So we'll see what Hurricane can do with Spring Valley tonight. You know, there's not really that much. There's so much variation. I'm not sure it was a smart idea on my part to allow other people to have input on my power <laughs> rankings. I mean, come on, my power <laughs> rankings, my power rankings for this show, the mm-hmm. Power Five, the Drive Power Five, Spring Valley. Leading all, yeah, everybody's agreeing. Spring, almost everybody's agreeing. Almost everybody's agreeing. Spring Valley, the, the the number one team, and then Huntington High comes in at number two, and then Hurricane is tied with Ironton for third, and then Raceland's right there at fifth. Yep. Cabell Midland's getting been... some votes. Galley Academy's getting some votes, and Wheelersburg's getting some votes, but. Uh, this hey, is know, not my ballot. I, I'm just going to tell you this yeah. right now. This was not my ballot. I just really think it's cool, uh, just personally, um, having all of the media members with Kinder Communications do it. It's allowed me, it's it's forced me to pay more attention to more than just West Virginia football. So it's given me a really good appreciation for a team like Raceland, who I have slowly climbed up my leaderboard ever since I started voting on this. Because I keep, I'm keeping track of their scores, and they're just blasting everybody they play over there. Ironton is a perennial power. Um, they played Johnson Central last week, and so they had a good win over a strong Kentucky team. And Midland, they'll be back up there soon. Uh, a lot of the Midland fans, the first loss of the year hurt them in the Drive Power 5 rankings, but uh, you best believe that Midland, unless something catastrophic happens, Midland, Huntington, and Spring Valley will probably all be in the top three near the end of the year. Well, tonight, uh, Cabell Midland takes on South Charleston. We're going to have Jason Toy and Chris Tatum join us here in a moment. So if um, Cabell Midland wins, it's, uh, you know, Jason's going to take all the credit. Yep. And, hey, and uh, it's, it's very likely that the, the Knights will come away with that W. Okay, so Jason Toy's back just for the – he's back for the victory over South Charleston. It's, it's convenient that South Charleston at 0-2, the opponent for Jason Toy's return to do play-by-play. It's convenient. Uh, you know – Midland's got to start the road back after that early season loss to GW. And what's really shocking, after, again, seeing the GW result against Hurricane, it just shows how up in the air West Virginia high school football could be because we thought we knew who GW was and we thought we knew who Hurricane was and we were wrong. Well, I know who Matt Perry is, and he's got the call tonight on 92.7 <laughs> and 98.5 The Planet. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, don't forget uh, game notes, man. Have, I mean, it's, I, I'm going to allow it this time, but next week it's just, it's just going to be plain disrespectful. Next week, I have them. I just didn't have them. If that makes sense. All okay, right. I apologize. Paul. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Matt Perry. He uh, will have the call tonight on ninety-two seven and ninety-eight five. The Planet. Jason Toy. Chris Tatum. Or one of the two, or both of them. I don't know. Coming up next, it's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Capital Midland and South Charleston go to battle tonight. We like to use those big adjectives when Chris Tatum joins us on the program. We'll have the call on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Good, good afternoon, good evening, Mr. Mayor. How are you, sir? 
Big words, really? For you. Big words. Big All right. Three always. syllables or less. Three syllables or less. I Look. That's all I ask. Okay. I mean, a titanic struggle tonight between Cabell Midland and South Charleston. Hey. Well, is it really? Let's be honest. Uh, Capital last week was a bit of a challenge for Capital. Um, formations were a problem. We talked about uh, in the pregame about how they're rebuilding through their process, and it was evident all the way through the ball game. 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and then from there, anytime you would have wanted to call a penalty on Capital with procedure, illegal substitution, or otherwise could have happened. Um, you know, it's, it, is, it is definitely a rebuilding time for Capital High School, which used to be the class of Class AAA during that time period. But it's, it's going to be a tough year for those guys. Capital Midland had, had their coming out party, if you will. Uh, Ryan Wolf was perfect passing. They ran the ball as, as they wanted to. And now you go to South Charleston where they've had their fair share of, share of turmoil and I think it's going, to be a, it's going to be another long night for the South Charleston contingent. What stands out in these two games for Cabell Midland? You win one, you lose one. What stands out in between? Well, I think execution and, and also just getting on the same page. When you look at the starters who you've got half of the starting lineup gone, so you bring in 10 or 11 new guys to the, to the lineup on both sides of the ball, I think communication was a problem, and there wasn't really an established leader at, at the point of the GW game. I think they, you know, with that bye week, I think we all agree that that, that is not the best time for a bye week that early in the season, but having nine games on the schedule gave them some time to find their identity. They were able to go out. There was a lot of execution. There was a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, communication uh, on the field. And that, that showed at Capitol, um, you know, not, not sparing that Capitol had their own set of problems, but Capitol Midland looked poised. Ryan Wolf looked comfortable. The tight ends played well. You had your defense play an outstanding ball game against a young team, no less. But that, I, I kind of think that was their catalyst to move it in the next several games, especially since his last road game of the season for Capitol Midland. Chris Tatum is with me tonight. Campbell Midland takes on South Charleston. He'll be alongside Jason Toy, who is uh, going to be on the call, 97-9 the river. So you mentioned leaders. Who is stepping up to take that leadership role? What um, what have you seen to make you think that uh, there are kids on this team that understand that leaders need to step up and that they're stepping up to be that leader? Well, I think you obviously look at a, a, a fellow like Ryan Wolf, but then you also look at Curtis Jones Jr. You also look at a guy like Alex Smith, who, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to draw attention to what happened in that GW game, but that's a guy. Alex Smith is a guy who had a rough way to go at the end of that ball game at GW, but he he, he came back the next, and again they had a couple week break to get things together, but he came back, played his game, they executed, they all communicated on the field. And that's evident by the play of those three those three guys, Ryan Wolf, Alex Smith, and Curtis as well. But you also you also had a number of other guys who were down on the sidelines. You know, they're actively talking to one another. And I'm not saying that they didn't do that at GW, but it was more evident during the Capitol game. I think they knew 
you know, you look at a you look at a schedule that has nine games on the season, and you finish the season eight and one, eight, you know, or seven and two. It's a different look than a nine and one season as a ten game season. And you and I talked about that, but you definitely had guys who were willing to step up and take those leadership roles. And in those three, it was evident. You had some other guys, kind of, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, being the the uh, pump up guys on the sideline, like getting getting players ready to go out onto the field to say this is you know this is what we need to do. So the leadership roles were taken on by several of those offensive defensive starters, but also you know you had you saw Ryan Wolf actually step into that, feel comfortable, and Curtis was a little more relaxed, a little more comfortable in that game. Easier to do in a in a ball game like last week, but certainly you know, early on it was evident they were there to complete the task it was from the time they walked out to the time that game was over it was all business and i think they needed they knew they needed to do that to step into the next several games looking at tonight's opponent what does cabell midland need to do to be successful against south charleston and not overlook this team not look at that record well i think what they do is they come out they they do what they did last week and and that that actually is to their you're talking about the record of South Charleston. They have, I won't say they have more problems, but they have as many issues on that team with letdown. I feel like looking at those guys over, over the last few games and even last year, there are issues on that team that are far deeper than the play on the field. Um, some of those, some of their, some of their players they rely on look unfocused. Uh, when they get down, they look like they've given up. And I think the, the to get back to the old South Charleston that we all know, that is a, they, they produce great athletes, let's be honest. They have great athletes year in and year out. But I think the refocus needs to happen. Captain Winland just needs to not look past this game tonight and, and have a letdown from last week. They need to continue to do what they did last week and, and continue that coming out party that they had against Capitol. Chris Tatum's with me. Be, they, go, go ahead, Chris. They have to be. They have to be multifaceted in their offense. I mean, they they focus on the run game at GW, and we talked about that that week of GW about how fundamentally sound uh, Steve Edwards and his son are every year, year in and year out. And I said this is one of those games they come out punching the mouth, and Kevin will not realize what's happened until a couple of scores on the board, and that's what happened. And GW finished last year strong, so they came out having high expectations of their own. And and Midland, you know, and and, and yeah, three fumbles. The turnovers were 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 atrocious for the Knights. They corrected that two weeks later. They've got to continue to do that and take care of what they know is their game tonight. Chris Tatum's with me. He'll be um, joined by uh, Jason Toy on the broadcast coming up ninety-seven nine the River. Uh, Jason, unfortunately, can't join us on the broadcast tonight since, uh, as um, as the mayor, you get you get Jason to drive you around, which is a pretty sweet deal. Well, he, he's driving. He's driving That's right what I'm now. Saying. That's what I'm saying. You, you've got the guy driving you around everywhere you need to go. That's a pretty sweet deal. It is a good deal. It's a great deal. I can't speak more highly enough about it than right now. 
He just he just didn't take he just didn't take me to Steak and Shake. So there's that. Wait but wait a minute okay. wait a minute. He didn't take you to Steak and Shake. And I mean you're you're trying no. to, you're trying to shake me down for like a honey baked ham lunch. And you know he didn't take you to Steak and Shake. What what the heck? No, I was actually bucking for the 24 hour tutors on the way back. But you know we've got things to do. He's got things to do. Yeah, like get the 24 hour tutors. <laughs> That's it, right? What? Who can who can begrudge a thundering herd biscuit at at 12 at night? No one, no one. You see, that's the problem. Your travel companions. If if you were planning for 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 a a tutors at midnight, your travel companion is the wrong guy. Well, let's be honest. Who likes to stop there at midnight? Um. Let's see. Woody Woodrum would. That's true. You're exactly right. Woody Woodrum would. All day and twice on Sunday. Bill Cornwell would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. I don't know. It's the it's the melted cheese. It's the it's the cheese whiz that goes on those biscuits that's attractive for him. Yeah, but that's you, okay. So you, you know, we have our own thing. You get the thundering herd, right? I like the thundering herd too. Do you um, I, you get the loaded sausage breakfast wrap sometimes? No, you oh, know what? It's, I'm it's a straight cat head biscuit guy. Okay, I'll take you know what? That's just the way it is. No, I you got to get the loaded sausage breakfast wrap and uh, with the picante sauce. You have to. Oh, with picante. Yeah, they give it to you on the side so you can you know, administer it yourself. But you. Oh well, now toys in. He said there might be a midnight stop now that there's picante sauce in. Well, we're yeah, in. we're going. Yeah, thank you for that. Loaded sausage breakfast wrap and get it with picante sauce on the side. It's it's excellent. Oh, I think we're going now. Okay, you just talk us into it. I'm glad I could help. Chris. And Krispy Kreme if the hot sun's on. I'm glad I could help. I know. Um, you know, I'm. Just, you're still trying to shake me down for some uh, honey baked ham, but uh, we'll, we'll. I mean, why not? We'll we'll talk about that later. As right. we, I was going to say, you realize we're at work, right? Yeah, we are. Okay. We are. Football game tonight: South Charleston and Kevin Midland. Kevin Midland looks to not let down tonight. Continue that mission they're on. I mean, I think they fully expect to be playing late this season, and they can't have that letdown going into South Charleston, especially knowing they got home games for the rest of the season in front of them. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable for sure. Okay. Cabell Midland, South Charleston tonight. Jason Toy and my friend Chris Tatum. Not to imply Jason's not my friend, but my friend Chris Tatum on the call, 97.9 The River. Have fun, guys. We'll talk to you soon. And, and if you get any business about not stopping, let me know. I'll talk to him. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. There you go. Now I've talked him into it. you got to get it. It's the breakfast. Uh, it's the Lotus Sausage Breakfast Wrap at Tudor's. It's... I mean, I'll I'll pay that any time. Whatever they ask, I'll pay that price for that. It's that good. When we continue, uh, we hope to be joined with uh, Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum. They have the call of Huntington High and George Washington. We've got it for you tonight on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tonight, 7 o'clock, with our pregame 7.30 kick. Huntington High taking on George Washington. Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum have the call. Gentlemen on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. It's been a couple weeks. I mean, I've seen you both around, but it's uh, it's uh, it's been a couple weeks since uh, Huntington's played football, and I'm sure Billy Seals is ready to go and, and get the season going again. 
open week after the first two weeks of the season. You know, last year it was the ninth week of the season, but it turns out they played five more games after that. So he just – he felt it was too early. But, you know, they gave the kids a little time out, and you'll hear him in the pregame talk about, you know, what they did uh, working on themselves and then, you know, turned it around on Monday and started getting ready for this GW team that he clearly expects – to play so much better than they did at Hurricane last week. Christian Palmer's there as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there you yeah, are. How you, do, how you doing? Paul? I'm good, Christian. I'm good. You got to jump in. I, I keep telling Christian, you got to jump in. If, if there's a conversation being had with Woody Woodrum, you have to jump in and cut him off sometimes and talk. Hey, Woody's got so much great information. I don't want to interrupt him. Okay, you're not going to go far. You're not going to go far then. You're not going to last long, kid. You're not going to last long at all. Uh, tonight, Huntington High, GW. Uh, Christian, what uh, was Huntington have to do to be successful against a very good GW team that's looking to get back after a loss against Hurricane? Yeah, last week's loss, definitely a, a tough game for GW. You know, you see the 2-0 and start really – Solid start to the season for them, and then the blowout loss last week. So it's a little bit of a guessing game what we're going to get tonight, but I imagine going to have a little bit more of the GW team that played in, in the first two weeks, a couple of good wins. But I, I think that the recipe for success, Paul, not a ton of depth on this George Washington team. It's not a lot of guys on the roster, and so a lot of guys hardly leave the field. Uh, Adam Rogers actually sent me, or Woody and I, uh, projected starters a few days ago, and about seven guys projected to start on both sides of the ball, and a good bit of them play special teams as well. So some guys hardly leave the field. And that, that was a big factor, I think, in last week's GW loss. They were actually winning after the first quarter, but I think the depth of Hurricane started to get to them at the end and created the 56-7 to point victory. Who are some of those standouts that uh, GW has on the field? Well, start off with uh, quarterback Abe Fenwick. He's a really good lefty passer, six foot two frame, so you've got some size from him as well. Comfortable back in the pop pocket, 664 passing yards to this point in the season and six touchdown passes. And a couple of key members on offense that will get the ball. We've got Anthony Valentine. He will. Get some rushes and also some passes thrown his way. And Keegan Sack as well. A couple of talented players there. Hayden Hatfield, another wide receiver who is going to get a decent bit of touches. So you're going to hear a lot of those three names tonight and a lot of Fenwick getting them the ball. For Huntington, there's been a couple of weeks to get ready for this game, but not all of it's been on GW. Would he outline a little bit about how Billy Seals has used the time to not just game prep for GW, but to really work on some of those fundamentals, some of those things that maybe you would work on later on, midseason corrections? Well, you got to make those now after two games. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. And and the thing is, is one of the guys like is Caillou Jackson. He started the first week at guard against Spring Valley. And he told Coach Seals, he said, you know, I was really kind of gassed, Coach. So they tried to use him as a backup a little bit on offense last week. And he still was kind of run down. So, you know, 5'10", 280, that'll do that for you. So he is going to strictly play defense now. So that means they had to 
punch Tyrus Mayo in there full time at the left guard. And of course, the South Charleston game they they made a big change was flipping Jesse Adkins inside. You know, Jesse is a huge guy at, at six four, two seventy five, and his brother Gavin Adkins is now at the right tackle. And he started there the first four games of last year before he blew out that ACL. So he's right back at where he started. And it seemed to work for the offensive line. Uh, obviously, Carl Lee has got his hands full at South Charleston, but it worked for the line. Uh, Jamari Tubbs is one of their two transfers from South Charleston, and he caught his ass against South Charleston. Of course, that was a big deal for him and Wayne Harris playing against their former teams and and uh that was a big deal and then a kid that's really come on and made himself a part of this now miles matter had two catches for about 21 yards last year he's already caught four for 71 yards and two touchdowns averaging almost 18 yards a catch and the other guy is johnny ii who kicked much better in the second game he put four kicks into the end zone uh four to the five a couple to the two he uh he got his kicking going he's perfect on extra points but he is only 0 for one missed the long one that could have won the game but was ran into got another chance and yanked it sideways so he's busy i mean he's been playing soccer full time as well as kicking for the football team he even plays tennis in the spring so he's a kid that they need to be able to depend on once they get it inside the 30 that they can kick a field goal with him and and count on some points but i you know he might have gotten a little bit in his head about kicking off a grass in the first game of spring valley the rest of the way, it's all turf fields home and away. So, uh, you know, those are the guys, though, that have to make a difference for this team. Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum will have the call tonight on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then after the game, 10 o'clock, high school game night, we'll have it for you right here with all the scores. And then Woody and Christian will hit the uh, – you guys are telling me it's not the 24-hour tutors anymore. It's the uh, 24-hour or late-night Waffle House. That's the uh, That's right. Okay. Yeah, down on Route 60. They love us. Okay, they love the you. They know you by name is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. Okay. Uh, is there like yeah. a Woody Woodrum uh, uh, waffle combination that I should be asking no, for? No, I, I am a ham and cheese omelet guy. Okay. So the ham and cheese omelet is the Woody Woodrum special. Just go in and say, hey, give me the Woody Woodrum, and, and they'll know what I'm talking about. And Trey Woodrum is the chocolate chip waffle. And, uh, you know, so. Okay. We, we're not traveling together anymore, but they still love him. Okay. that's um, I, I'll believe you on that. And with that said, <laughs> that's Woody Woodrum along with Christian Palmer. They'll have the call tonight, Huntington High, GW, right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're done. We're, we're done. you got high school games all across the Tri-State tonight. We've got three great ones tonight. Hurricane taking on Spring Valley. Matt Perry, Mike Meyer is going to have the call on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Cabell Midland, South Charleston. Jason Toy, Chris Tatum with the call on 97.9 The River. Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum with the call on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 of Huntington at GW. Back tomorrow, 2 o'clock, live from Roosters. It is college football today we get you set for the marshall game live from roosters tomorrow until then have a great night everyone wrbc huntington w227bs huntington this is your radio home for pittsburgh pirates baseball espn 94.1 fm and am 930